Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart will discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. Before we get started, I'm going to do a little test to make sure I'm heard. Once again, yes. Once again, I want to thank each and every one for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for y'all's support, y'all love, and, and everything. Uh, today is the third Sunday is it the third Sunday, the second Sunday, the third Sunday, I believe, of 2022. Um, very appreciative of y'all coming in and uh, chiming in with us. Double check one more time. Oh, there it is. Okay. I had um, connections earlier this week and wanted to do a little test run. So now I am I'm officially connected. Uh, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, we were actually, a lot of us, in Dallas, Texas, we were watching the game, the Cowboys versus the 49ers. And down to the wire, uh, I, I was uh, really just having fun. I'm not really a football um, watcher, but 
I like to entertain and so just have a little feedback with a little interaction with um some of those who are on Facebook and everything. So I'm very much appreciative of the game is over. Uh so now we're here and being able to really just enjoy fellowship with one another live. Uh for those who wanna uh tune in, come on to ww dot blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart or you can call me at 516-453-9118 that's 456 excuse me that's 516-453-9118 once again 516-453-9118 or you can go to our chat room it is available right now on Reconnect My Heart, excuse me, on uh, Blog Talk Radio, I'm sorry, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Reconnect My Heart. Also, for those who are on uh, social media who want to see the video version of Reconnect My Heart, tune in to www.reconnectmyheartcast.com. That's Reconnect My Heart Podcast. Dot com, And also for those who are on Facebook or YouTube, you can go to Brother Prater, Brother Prater, Brother spelled out, and then Prater, P as in Paul, R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. Once again, I want to thank each and every one of y'all who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Now, question, have you ever felt not good enough? Believe it or not, many people at some time in their life have a feeling of a little insecurity, question their abilities, or even feel that their goals may be too much for them. But when you, but when they overcome their fears and go forth in their goal, they realize that they were capable of doing everything all alone. So today's show, we're going to talk about encouraging yourself, no longer comparing yourself to others, or overwhelming, or overcoming negativity, and also past failures. We're going to talk about overcoming negativity and past failures, and much more in the episode called I Am Enough. I Am Enough, Building Your Confidence for Life's Goals. Now, actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago, this actually uh, came upon my heart. Um, tell you a little situation that happened. Um, we had our, our 30th class reunion gathering, and they had a drawing. They had drawn for different prizes, and uh, the prizes varied. For uh, Some received cash, some received gift certificates and all that. And so all of a sudden, as I began to uh, dissuade that, I was really enjoying fellowship amongst my class of 91 Dallas Carter Cowboys. That's David W. Cowboys, not Dallas Cowboys, the NFL team. But we know them uh, locally as David W. Carter High School. But uh, sometimes... In other states, they know Dallas Carter, but 
we were at David W. Carter High School, class of 91. So I was really enjoying the um, fellowship. And, and all of a sudden, they called a number. I believe I was number 10, and they called our 10. And I walked up there to the to the front, and they gave me something. Get this. Now, of course, many of us, whenever we get ready to get some type of drawing and there are some type of cash uh, that's been passed out, many of us, we want the cash. And I was like, well, you know, I just I want to be called. You know, I want a prize. And so they called me, and I looked. I didn't get a cash. Didn't get a gift certificate. But God was putting in my spirit that I was going to be called, and I was going to get something more valuable than cash, more valuable than a gift certificate. I was like, okay. And so when they called me, I was like, I walked up there, and they handed me something, and I was like, oh, my goodness. This is what they gave me. They gave me this mug. I have not opened up. This mug says, I am enough. I am enough. That is so simple, but yet so deep. And to me, if you really think about it, when you see these kind of things as a reminder, even those who may have gotten the cash prize, there were some that even got $100. That's great. But when you think about it, this mug right here with this phrase, a three-letter word, I am enough, this right here will even help you, make you, charge you to get more than $100. This right here will ignite a drive within you that will even help you to accomplish something way beyond what money can buy. And so I saw this, I was like, oh, my God, thank you. This, I'm telling you, like I said, first of all, Carter, David W. Carter, class of 91, this right here, this really ministered to me. This really ministered to me. So I felt like if this ministered to me, allow this to be an opportunity to minister to others around the world who may feel inadequate. And, of course, later on, we're going to talk about certain things, and I broke it up into two different sections. But, like I said, I know at certain parts of my life, I was uh, planning on doing things, and sometimes a little insecurity came upon me. And if I had something like this around me, this would have been a constant reminder. So, like I said, I had to bring this up, and I was like, man, that is deep. So I'm putting this up right now to make sure it don't get messed up. But uh, I'm very – like I said, that really caught my attention. So, like I said, I wanted to share that with you all, and uh, it, really mean, it really means a lot to me. So what I'm, what I'm doing right now, I'm breaking up. I'm breaking up uh, today's message into two sections. First of all, I wanted to talk about it from two sections. The first section, those who may feel, you know, inadequate, those who may have 
um, you know, long step back saying what I wanted to do first is speak about from the first section talking about youth or talking about ourselves. And then the second section is talking about our ability. First part is talking about our self-esteem, which means talking about ourselves or talking about you. One of the steps I felt like that we needed to do when we have those insecurities, the first thing we need to do is write down questions that will answer why we feel like we're not good enough. Some of those questions could be stemming from because of our upbringing, because of what folks have said about us, what folks have done to us. Sometimes it's how our family was or how our family is. I found that in this little side note, there's a lot of people when they have had um, drama, grew up in a, uh, a drama family, sometimes a chaotic family, sometimes the chaos in the family is actually normal. It sounds crazy, but a lot of times with the family, you think about it, with friends, they may esteem their friends. They may motivate their friends. They may tell their friends how much they are appreciated, how much they loved, you know, some great qualities. They may give them a word of encouragement. But sometimes, unfortunately, in some families, they don't do that. A lot of times, some people uh, take their families for granted. Sometimes they don't build relationships within the family. They build relationships with friends or they build relationships outside of the household or outside of family, but they don't build relationships within the family. And so sometimes there's a lot of um, insecurity. There's a lot of competition or jealousy even within the family. And so a lot of times, you know, when you look at school, sometimes with school, uh, we may have a disagreement with a classmate or even a friend. But what we do, we people may come in to mediate that, to come in to help bridge that, that difference, to help us to get back together. But a lot of times within families, they don't do that. A lot of times within families, like I say, just take each other for granted. And so a lot of times there's a lot of healing that have not placed within the family. And some people say, well, you know, time heal all wounds or let the past be the past. No, you cannot let the past be the past unless you address the past. There are things that may have transpired even within the family that might have happened when you were younger. And sometimes, like I said, a lot of times families sweep it under the rug. And what happened, the family don't get close and they say, you know, generations fall and then now the family is more disconnected than ever before. So write down those write down those things that you may see and be real with yourself. You know, those that know me, I like to I like to look at I like to look at things that may help me and those that know me, I am a scenario type person. Uh, I'm a very inquisitive person. And sometimes, even just with me, I give myself my own counseling session. Sometimes I like to dig deep because a lot of times, you know, and, and I've seen where 
I may have tried to tra- I may have tried to uh, be transparent with someone, and next thing you know, sometimes they're more in tune on what they want to say instead of what I'm trying to say. And so with me, I, I have counseled people in the past and even currently. And so what I do, I use those same principles that I convey to others. I do that for myself. And I do that pretty much sometime on a daily basis, sometime several times a day. And and I'm going to be real with you. This is, um, uh, you know, when I went through, when I went through my divorce, one of the things I did, you know, I, ask myself, I to myself several times, I counsel myself several times, of course, going to God, talking to God and everything, but also I had to talk to myself. I wanted to know who I was. I wanted to know a lot of things, even uh, not just that transpired within the marriage, but then that transpired before the marriage and then after the marriage. So like I said, you know, with me, I like to get down to the root of us situations or problems or whatever, you know, and utilizing everything as a teachable moment, not just the success, but even the failures. So like I said, that's me. And so whatever I share with you all, uh, I I counsel people and everything, but I tell people just like how I counsel people, I counsel myself, you know, am I a perfectionist, especially when it comes down to myself? Yes. Yes, I am. And, you know, some people, they may like, oh, well, that's good enough. But when it comes down to the things I'm involved in or whatever, when it comes down to something I'm involved in, no. I like everything to be straight. You know, I don't I don't like half-hearted stuff. I like 100% wholehearted commitment when it comes down to work productivity. So, like I said, everybody else, that's them. But I know myself, and I know I know the limitations, I know the uh, boundaries that I have, and I don't believe in just being lazy. And so, like I said, that's just me. Some people, well, you know, you're too hard on yourself. No, I know, I know what I'm capable of, and I know God wants us to be able to be a good steward of our time and our abilities. And so there are some people, hey, if you want to give God 10%, if you want to give God 19%, that's on you. But I know God requires me to put in 100%. Not just what I do for others, but even what I do for him and what I do for myself. So, like I said, that's me. So, uh, I tell people to each his own. Some people, well, you know, you work too hard. Well, I'm saying to myself, you don't work enough. A lot of times, God may show me. God may tell me, hey, you know, don't 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 spend so much time in this. Do that. I'm saying, okay, so what I try to do is try to be sensitive to God's voice for me to be able to know how to navigate and dealing with my time management. So, like I said, that's me. That has worked and has been very effective. That's me. And so with you, what you have to do, you have to talk to God for yourself and ask him what are your, quote, unquote, boundaries, what are the things that he is requiring from you. And do that. Not fifty percent, a hundred percent. Is it hard? No, it's not it's really not. He had already made a way for us. We just need to obey it. So I just wanted to share that this me. So write down these questions and uh like I said, for those who may be tuning in, write down those questions that would uh 
that you would answer why you feel that you're not good enough. And one of the things I always tell people, be real, be transparent with yourself. Look at it as if there's nobody else that's going to be watching this paper. So, hey, be real with yourself, you know. And I'll tell you this, what I what I used to do, um, especially when I would um, – Sometimes I sometimes I, I do this, but most of the time with my notes, with my spirals and stuff, um, I write and no one else sees my paper. So when I used to have, uh, when I used to be in school and I would maybe be concerned that someone may be looking at my papers or whatever I said, what I would do, I would write in codes where I knew what I was trying to say and make sure that I didn't put too much obvious information to have a person understand what I was saying. So I guess I might write codes, whatever. And so with that, what I do now, I have those, in I have plenty. I have several spirals I keep on me at all times. Got some hair lash to try to get my, the devil is alive. But I write in codes sometime and there are other times I'm just, I just put it out there and so being real, being honest with yourself. You know, uh, one of the things I always tell people, even in the Bible, tell us confession is good for the soul. And it's good for us to be able to uh, confess to others pertaining to if we have wronged them. But also we have to confess to ourselves. Sometimes if you really think about it, we have made some horrible decisions. And be honest with it. You know, one of the things, one of the things we got to stop doing is being in denial. Quit being in denial. Quit feeling like, well, you know, I ain't never made no mistake. Well, you you have made some mistakes. As a matter of fact, if you feel like you haven't made any mistakes, then you're lying. <laughs> so we have all made some mistakes. But the main thing is it's not so much uh, – it's not the bad thing of making the mistakes. It's the bad thing of making the mistakes and not be conscious of it being a mistake or you being naive that, you know what, you know, or in denial, hey, that ain't no mistake. That was on purpose. So being able to learn from your mistakes. One of the things a great minister, uh, my mentor, uh, evangelist Kevin Hall, he said years ago, he said, believers never lose, they learn. So look at every opportunity that you might have felt like was a loss. Look at it as a learning opportunity. Look at it as a learning curve. So with that, um, write down and be real, be transparent. Like I said, ask yourself, sometimes you may have to ask yourself, ask yourself some deep, hard questions. Sometimes you may even have to ask your family, ask some of your family some of the issues. Hey, you know, because a lot of times some things may be hereditary. And the reason why I say hereditary because, because like I said, some of our upbringing, we have done things that might have been a pattern, and that doesn't mean that it was the right thing. So be able to ask some questions, you know, dig deep. In other words, research, do some research, do some studying, do some studying on yourself and find out more about yourself. That doesn't mean that, you know, uh, obviously like this, some people, they, they, they have so low self-esteem that they don't even like looking at themselves or looking in the mirror. You know, that could be a physical mirror or even it could be an, a mental mirror. But what we have to do in order for us to grow, we have to look in the mirror. In other words, that's the old saying, we got to face the music. We have to learn how to face the music. That's the only way that we're going to be able to grow and be helped. You know, like I said, confession is good for the soul. So 
God wants us to confess and acknowledge. We have to acknowledge. Once you're able to acknowledge your situation, then there's room for growth. Also, I was mentioning um, some things that could have been pertaining to our upbringing. Um, also, um, unfortunately, like I said, there are some things even within families, you know, <laughs> they're so negative. There's, I'm going to say it like this. There are some families, you can tell it's a competitive spirit. It's like there are some people, it's like sometimes you may get more support from friends or people that you ain't even, uh, or you don't even know, or strangers versus some family. There are some families that are very competitive. There are some family members that are very negative. We have to be honest. And sometimes they're negative because that's how they grew up. That's what that's the negativity that they were uh that was handed down to them. You know, one of the things I found out, hurt people hurt others. And a lot of times we look at that in association with a relationship, but we also have to look at that within family. So when it boiled down to it, being able to really just examine is that the kind of stuff that we grew up with? Like I said, there are some people. There are some people when they get of age, we get of age where they they able to get a job and get out the house. They leave because sometimes, like being honest, some people have grown up in a toxic home. They can be mentally abusive, physically abusive, uh, spiritually abusive. All these things. So being able to just uh, sometimes it may even help. And there's nothing wrong with getting professional help or professional counseling. So, and does that mean that you're lacking God, you're lacking trust in God, faith in God? No. God has provided spiritual, godly counsels to help us along the way. So, take advantage of it. And also, I will say this, for those who may have insurance, a lot of those things are covered under your insurance plan. So you need to maybe check out your benefits pertaining to your insurance policy. Your health insurance, shoot, take advantage of it. If you get, see, if you get hurt physically, you'll go to the hospital. If you're not feeling well, you'll go to the doctor. Physically, you're not feeling well, you go to the doctor. That's on a physical aspect. But what about an emotional aspect? Get some help. You know, we need to take advantage of it. So, God want to help us be able to get the help that is needed, and he has it provided for us. God can do it, and he has, he has dispatched his ministering angels here to help us, and those are physicians. I'm going to say it like this. For those who may feel like, well, uh, I, I don't trust doctors. Well, if you don't trust doctors, that means if you're a student of the Bible, that means that you're going to ignore the book of Luke and the book of Acts because both of them were written by Dr. Luke. And I ain't talking about Luther Campbell either. So we have to take advantage of those things. So... um. That's what folk, you know, what folks say about us. Sometimes we have dealt with uh, so much negativity. Uh, sometimes, not just in the family, but sometimes even our environment. Sometimes, you know, some people may feel like, well, you know, I'm a product of my environment. Well, you don't have to be. 
you know, sometimes there have been people who may have grown up in a, a bad environment, but even though you might have grown up in a bad environment, you don't let that environment get into you. So the key thing, like I said, everybody that may not, that may be in a low income area does not have a low income mentality. Some people look beyond, some people see beyond their condition. Let them be one of you. You know, one of the things I always think about, I think about uh, good times. Think about good times, the good times, even though they lived in the ghetto, but they always had hopes and dreams of getting out the ghetto. And so how about you do the same thing, even though there may be a sitcom, but let that be a ministering tool for you to help you to implement that same principle into your life. So um, the other step, what we need to do, try not to compare yourself to others. So many times people may feel like, you know, I'm not good enough, whatever like that, because they you looking at someone as the measuring stick. You looking at someone that ain't God. But they're looking at somebody else and they're trying to compare themselves to somebody else. They they may be comparing their looks, they may be comparing their complexion, they may be comparing their hair or their body shape or even their abilities. But that's one of the biggest downfalls that we can do that they that would mentally imprison us by trying to compare ourselves to somebody else. Understand that God made each person uniquely. Even identical twins have different features and abilities. One of the things I found out, you know, when you see identical twins, you know, it's funny for someone who may not know them. Somebody that may not know them, look at both of them, they're like, wow, I can't tell the difference. But somebody who has spent quality time with them, someone who has spent quality time with them will know the difference because they studied them. They know them. You know, one of the things that was often said, they said that everyone looked different from the nose up. Even identical twins don't have exactly the same characteristic or ability. Um, Once again, I mentioned about uh, evangelist Kevin Hall. He has a twin brother named Kelvin. And Kevin Hall, Lord rest his soul, he was a left-handed bass player, and he was an organist, sung too. But his identical twin brother was right-handed and played the guitar and also know how to play the bass. So it's one twin that's identical that was left-handed, and that's another one that was exactly looking like him, but that was right-handed. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's funny when you see identical twins, you know. So, a matter of fact, uh, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, this one that's watching right now, identical twin, uh, Miss Natasha. How you doing? She has an identical twin, uh, Tasha and, uh, T- Tisha and Tasha. So, um, they, you know, for those who may have seen them for the first time, they're like, wow, you know, doing a double take, you know, double mint commercial, you know, double mint gum commercial. But when you begin to start spending time and, and listening to them, you know, when you start spending time with identical twins, uh, some of them, you know, they may sound the same. They may have a, you know, they may have a slight different tone or slight different verbiage or uh, accent when they enunciate or something like that. But as you begin to start spending quality time, you begin to start understanding the difference. So understand each and every one of us have a unique 
gift and ability. God made each and every one of us with at least one gift. Now, a lot of times there are some people may have more than one gift. Look at like a, um, a Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, great in football, great in basketball. There was an old saying that said, Bo knows. Bo knows a lot of different things. He did different sports. And now even uh, Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, great baseball player, great bas- uh, great uh, football player. Now he's the head coach of Florida State, uh, Jackson State. So all these abilities that when you utilize your gift and talent, what happens, God can entrust you with more because you are capitalizing on what you already have. You're using what you have. When you use what you have, then God multiplies it. But when you don't use what you have, then a lot of times you lose it or it doesn't grow. So God made each and every one of us with a unique gift and ability. But what we have to do is be aware of our gift and ability, but we have to look at it independent from anybody else. We can't compare ourselves to anyone. We shouldn't compare ourselves to anyone and understand, hey, there may be somebody come in the room, you know, that might be nice looking or whatever. But a lot of times, and this is when I know when I was growing up, a lot of times a lot of us may feel like, hey, if, if a good-looking guy comes in the room, all the women are going to look at him. And some would, hey, would feel like, hey, they're disqualified. But understand, just because in the, some people I cite, you know, the best-looking guy came into the room or the best-looking young lady came to the room, the one God has for you, don't have to look at them. They're going to look at you. So understand, God made each and every one of us with a unique gift, ability, and talent. So what we need to do, we need to ask God to help us to become aware of what he has invested into us. God has invested into us. And I want you to think about it. God has invested some things within us before we came to the scene. So understand, God made made a plan for us. After he finished making a plan for us, then he allowed our mother and father to conceive and allow us to physically come to the scene. But when we physically came to the scene, spiritually, our, our whole plan was already mapped out. So that's something we have to be aware of. So like I said, not comparing ourselves to others. And also, you have to accept yourself for who you are, but also who you're not. (laughs) Understand and accept who you are and acknowledge and accept who you're not. Look here. Um, I love, I love, you know, uh, watching musicians. I love it. But I don't care how great of a musician this person may be. I understand, hey, that may, I may not be as good as he is, but if I just continue to do what I'm supposed to do, if I do what I'm supposed to, then God will make my, my, my gift make room for me. So as far as the competitive nature, and like I said, for this for someone who have dealt with low self-esteem, I dealt with it when I was younger. One of the things I realized when God delivered me from low self-esteem, I no longer compare myself to others. I have no need to compare myself to others, regardless if it's pertaining to looks or gift or talent or whatever. I don't. Personally, I don't care. I don't have a desire. 
because I appreciate who I am. And if there's a prize that needs to be won, I won already because God blessed me and everything God has for me, all he needs to do is just tell me what I need to do, and he has already given me the ability to do it. So that's where you have to look at it. Look at and appreciate you. Look at, one thing I always say, look at and appreciate that young lady or that young man that's in your mirror. Appreciate you. See, a lot of times we esteem other people. We know how to motivate other people, but we don't do that for ourselves. Isn't that, isn't that hypocritical? That's very hypocritical for us to be able to encourage others and don't encourage ourselves. Think about this. You motivate others, but you're being hypocritical when you're not motivating that person that's in your mirror. So asking God to help us to be able to understand who we are and accept who we're not. See, if we understand who we are, and accept who we're not, then it helps us to be able to have the room for us to be comfortable and really appreciate who we are, appreciate our own skin, appreciate who we are. You know, uh, one of the things, if you really think about it, if you really think about it, what will help for us to be able to look at ourselves outside of ourselves? What do I mean? You think about you have... I'll just say it like this, for that young lady that may be watching, let's imagine you have a daughter that has the same ability as you, that looks just like you, who love being around you. Y'all have similar tastes, similar interests, similar sense of humor, similar personalities. But you have low self-esteem. You hate the young lady that's in your mirror. You you always beat up on yourself. You're always negative about yourself. But if you're negative about yourself and your daughter comes to you and tell you that she feels like she's ugly, what would you tell her? You would tell her, no, baby, you are so beautiful. You're so talented and all that. But see, if you think about it, you telling her that, which would be hypocritical because if you tell her that and you believe that she's beautiful, you believe that she's talented, understand she's just like her mama, you. But also, that could be a great opportunity that God has set for you to minister to her, for you to minister to yourself. In other words, speak to the young you. God may have brought you a daughter that looked just like you, that may have your same personality to have as a reflection for you to minister and speak to yourself. So if you encourage your daughter, how about you encourage your daughter's mother, you? And even to that guy, that guy that may be watching, the guy that used to having, if you want to say, uh, there was a saying that said, if I, had, if, I, if I didn't have bad luck, I have no luck at all. Who's used to being neglected? Who's used to uh, look like being stereotyped? Who used to society beating them up? Who used to, let's be honest, somebody who may be paying child support, who may not even see their child, who's going through heartache and headache. But then all of a sudden, you know, what to do? What, what 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 am I going to do? 
and you encounter somebody who feel like giving up, and you tell that young brother, hey, man, don't give up. Look, we can make it to the bar. God may make a way. You know, hey, hey, man, you may not be seeing your, you may not be seeing your child right now, man, but don't give up, man. Keep trusting God. But see, you're saying it to him, and God is trying to have you to listen to what you're saying. Because as you're ministering to him, you should be ministering to yourself. So we have to really pay attention to what we're saying because sometimes God will set the scene. God will set the scene for us to minister to someone, and that someone could be us. He may use somebody physically to come in, but in actuality, God is just creating a scene for us to be able to speak, for us to listen to what we're saying. Someone said, yes, most people, because most people trust God to do it for others, but not for themselves. That is so true. Feel that God can do it for other people, but they lack that God can do it for them. Sometimes they encourage others to hold on, yet they still try to let go of the rope. Sometimes what we have to do, we have to listen to our own advice. I'm going to say it like this. Sometimes the preacher has to listen to what he's preaching about. You know, I'm, I'm, those that know me, I believe in being transparent. There have been many times God has had me to speak somewhere, to preach somewhere, even to minister to somebody. And my life is going chaotic. There, are, matter of fact, one time I was, um, um, I ended up having to, uh, speak on behalf of my pastor. And that whole week, we had a lot of speaking engagements. He had a lot of speaking engagements for that week. And it just so happened, it was already planned out. You know, every year, we have this uh, uh, program to go out. And so it was already a yearly thing. And it just so happened, it actually started on Friday. Friday. Well, it just so happened. When that Sunday came, everything was okay. And that Monday morning came, all of a sudden, my girlfriend broke up with me. This was years ago. She broke up with me. And I'm like, what happened? I didn't have a clue, but I couldn't dwell upon it long because I had to prepare myself for the speaking engagement on Friday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And Sunday evening, and I had my son that coming up weekend. So I'm like, Mom, look here, I, let's, I'm going to be honest. I was all over the place. And I'm like, Lord, what what do I do? Lord, what do I do? Okay, I, and, and I know I got to get myself ready. And along with that event coming on Friday, that week, I was going out to see my son on Monday, Wednesday, and then pick him up Friday, hurry up and make it to Dallas to go ahead and go to that speaking engagement. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, God, speak to me, speak to me. God, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, I forgot. And the other thing was that was on Friday, which is going to be me speaking at my, uh, on behalf of my pastor. I already said about the speaking engagement on Saturday night, but I forgot to tell y'all 
that Saturday morning we had Comic Con. <laughs> Comic Con, I wanted to see uh, it was two people that was coming, Steve Urkel and uh, Jaleel White, uh, and uh, the wrestler Brent the Hitman Hart. They were coming to town, so I had already made arrangements to go, and then. My son had his classmates, a good friend, birthday party. So that whole week, that whole week of all weeks, I had to deal with the breakup. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So long story short, I had these speaking engagements and all that stuff, along with not just being minister prater or reverend prater, but I had to be daddy, too. So I'm dealing with all this stuff, and by the time everything was over with, I was spent. But I realized sometimes in the midst of chaos, sometimes God will even have us to continue to do the assignment that would minister not just to others, but minister to ourselves. And I'm like, wow. So by the time everything was over with, there was a message that God gave me that Saturday night. It prepared me not just for what I was dealing with, but it prepared me for what I was going to deal with a year later. And I was like, man, matter of fact, I'll just tell you all this. Um, with with that message that Saturday night, the message was, in, uh, I forgot what it was entitled, but it was talk, talking about when Moses hit the rock. When God told him to talk to the rock and Moses hit the rock. And what happened a lot of times, people just look at Moses hit the rock, Moses disobeyed, he shouldn't have hit the rock, he should have spoke to the rock for the water to come out to give to the Israelites. But Moses was dealing with frustration because he was dealing with so much because he was sick and tired of dealing with those Israelites that were complaining and fussing and all that stuff. He was aggravated. But as I began to study deeper, God showed me that Moses also, before he got aggravated with the Israelites, Moses was dealing with grief because he lost his biggest supporter, Miriam, his sister. So he was grieving. In the midst of him grieving, then he began to deal with frustration. So he was grieving and being frustrated. And then he ended up dealing with all that complaining. He just said, forget it. These uncircumcised Philistines, all that stuff, he just, you know, God told him hit the rock. He just, I mean, speak to the rock. He just, wham, hit the rock. And because he disobeyed God, it made him miss the promised land. And so that was October of 2018. And then five months later, five months later, I end up losing my Miriam. I end up losing my biggest supporter, my sister. So that prepared me. That message prepared me. And even to this day, sometimes I revisit it. I, I wrote it down, and I'm like, man, little did I know, but God, you promised me. God, you kept me. And so let that be an encouragement to you. Sometimes when we deal with so much dealing with problems and conflict and all that stuff, sometimes the devil may try to bring frustration because he knows God got something around the corner, but we can't get frustrated and lose sight and disobey God because our disobedience will cause us to miss our quote-unquote promised land. Listen, those people that cause the conflict or those people that cause the complaining and all that stuff, those weren't the ones that were in trouble. 
it was the one that God told and gave the instructions to. So understand, God gave you those instructions. Just lose focus. Ask God to help you to look beyond sometimes people's foolishness because sometimes we know we're close to the promised land when chaos and disorder comes because it's trying to make us step outside of our character and God's will and God's plan. So that's something for us to understand. So like I said, is it easy? Is it hurtful? Sometimes you may have to share the chair, but it's okay. Sharing the tear doesn't mean that you're weak. That, that means, it simply means, shedding the tear simply means that you feel that you're human. And being human doesn't mean that you sin. Being human means you have feelings, you care, you love. Listen, if you don't have feelings, see, people who don't have feelings mean that they're not connected to it. But if you're connected to it, if you're passionate about it, oh, guess what? You may get emotional. You've seen grown men lose a football game or a basketball game. You've seen them. You've seen grown men break down crying. You've seen grown men. But guess what? They gave they all. They were connected to it. So that ain't a bad thing. That's a good thing. Be glad that you're connected to it. That means that you care. And you know what? When you're involved in something, when you care about something, of course you're going to be passionate about it, and you don't want to fail. But if there's a failure, we're going to utilize that as a teachable moment for us to learn from that failure for us to pass the next time. So that's, that's something that we have to consciously think about at all times. Consciously think about it all the time. Wow, I didn't realize the time was moving so fast. So, I mean, let me see if I can speed it up. So, try not to compare ourselves to others. And also, uh, I, I mentioned um, we have to accept who we are and also who we're not. Also, sometimes when we are in the dumps, when we are, you know, when, when we felt beat down, we've been hurt, a lot of times we don't take care of ourselves physically. So the other thing we got to do, we got to take care of our appearance. There are some people, it's like, you can t- I'm going to say it like this, let's be, let's be real. You can tell what somebody's going through. You can tell when somebody's going through a, a breakup, a heartbreak, or whatever. It's like they just give up on their appearance. They give up on life. You know, sometimes you see them, you're like, ooh, that baby going through something. Sometimes we wear our hurt upon our face. We wear our hurt upon our appearance. I, I always say this. I always say, hey, sometimes we got to take off our grave clothes. You know, that terminology came to me years ago. I, um, I went through a situation and I was really just hurt. I was in the dumps. I was in the funk. And one thing led to another. I ended up uh, one Saturday night, I was just moping around in my apartment, and it hit me. Oh, I, I shucks. We supposed to be at church. I left Fort Worth, made out there to Dallas, got in the parking lot, and I decided to go ahead and go on in. And I was just in the dumps, you know. And God told me, hey, look here. You got to take off them grave clothes. Now I'm not saying I did I didn't do this, but there are some people, you know, 
They don't leave the house. They listen to these sad music, these depressing music, depressing shows. They don't bathe. They don't wash their face. They don't wash their hair. They don't comb their hair. They have on the same clothes they had on three or four weeks ago. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like they have their emotional sackcloth, you know. But we got God is telling us, hey, take off them grave clothes. See, your outer, uh, yeah, here it is. Your outer appearance is often a reflection of how you feel on the inside. Have you ever noticed that when you're sick, people say you don't look well? Our bodies are connected to our spirit and mind, and they are reflecting each other. One of the things we have to look at is, man, oh, man, you know, I'm going, oh, I'm just so depressed. First of all, look here. Nobody, nobody, I don't care who it is, I don't care what we go through. The key thing is nobody should take the life out of us. Listen, God gave us life. God gave us life and have it more abundantly. But nobody should give or take the life out of us. Now, of course, I do understand certain type of grief. I understand the grief pertaining to losing a loved one. I totally understand that. But when it comes down to a breakup or losing a job or losing a friend, okay, you may be disappointed. It may hurt you, but guess what? It shouldn't kill you. Some people, oh, I'm not, I don't know how I'm going to live. Oh, I just want to die. The devil is a lie. Look here. Uh, and this, is, this is me telling off on myself. And like I said, I, I tell off on myself to let people know it can happen to anybody. But also, those that know me, look here. When you can actually talk about situations, you have overcame it. The Bible tells us we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the words about testimony. So sometimes what happens, God will make your pain profitable. God will know how to help you to be able to laugh at your hurt, laugh at your pain, laugh at your disappointment. Utilize that for you to look here. That could be a whole new set. If you're a comic, you can talk about your experience, and guess what? You can have everybody laughing, and guess what? They'll be now your new audience. That may even be your new job. <laughs> you know, so utilizing that to be able to help somebody else, if you help somebody else, is in turn helping you. So um, I forgot I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, I was going to mention about um, a situation that transpired. And when that thing happened, I was like, man, well, you know, that, no, it ain't going to work out. I got turned down. Uh, for a position. Now, I could have easily, years ago, it would have devastated me. Years ago, uh, it probably taken me years to recover that. But what happened, okay, I got over in about five minutes. You know what I did? I went in my bedroom, found me some clothes, put on some nice clothes, put on some smell good, put on some lotion, and I went out to be seen. You know what I did? Because I couldn't allow that, that, well, I'll put it like this, they didn't accept me for that position 
But just because they did not accept me for that position does not mean I was not qualified for a greater position. So that's the way you have to look at it. You have to look at it. See, every rejection does not mean a rejection of you. It may be that that might not be the perfect fit for your purpose. I'm going to tell you like this. If I need a good mechanic, there might be a great doctor over there. But because I need a good mechanic, I go to that great doctor and ask him, can he work on my carburetor? And he say no. Well, does that mean that he's a bad person? No, that just means that he's not equipped for the assignment that I need. But just because he's not a mechanic, does not mean that he's not a great doctor. That's his field. The key thing is being able to identify and know people's lane and help them to be able to identify their lane and stay in their lane, get in their lane. So just because that rejection that you receive does not mean that there is no lane for you. What you need to do is continue to seek God and allow God to reveal what lane that you belong into. So many times, some people try to get themselves into a lane that's not theirs. And that's when you end up getting ran over in the highways of life. So God wants us to be able to identify these things. Also, um, I said, uh, have you noticed when you are sick, people say you don't look well. Um, also, when you have low self-esteem, it also it often shows how you take care of yourself. Understand this. Small things like picking out something flattering to wear. Take time to style your hair. Do different things. In other words, when you go through things, wash. A lot of times what God has us to do in the natural is something that's parallel to what he wants us to do in the spiritual. See, we bathe every day. But how many times do we spiritually bathe? How many times do we emotionally bathe? How many times do we mentally bathe? We'll do it physically, but we don't do it mentally, emotionally. There are people who, who smell fresh on the outside, but they, stay, they but they are stale on the inside. They are holding on to things that God is telling them to detox themselves of. God wants us to be able to spiritually, emotionally, and mentally detox ourselves from yesterday's hurt or yesterday's past. So in order for us to do that, we got to be able to what? Identify it. We got to be able to address it. You know, um... You know, um, those that those that have had uh, mechanics as parents. You know, my dad my dad was a mechanic, and sometimes I would pick up some of his tools, and they'd be oily and stuff. And so, what happened? I would go to the bathroom and I would wash. I saw the grease in my hand. I would get the soap and I would wash. And sometimes I had to wash two or three times as long because it was heavy grease. But just imagine if I never took the grease off, then you get this. If I never took the grease off, then I would contaminate everything I would touch. And guess what? Not just the food that it would poison me, but even my clothing where people would know, hey, I'm dirtying up on my clothes. So what I have to do, I have to wash real well. And even not just washing my hands, but wash under my nails. 
clean up my nails to make sure that their all is not on my hands. So the same thing we have to do emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we have to be able to wash, detox ourselves. First of all, if you see the spots that may have the oil, that's the area that you need to concentrate on. You concentrate on that specific area and then every other area that's around it. So being able to wash and detox ourselves from that. So the other step we need to do, uh, I said uh, uh, taking out accessories, uh, things could be uh, sometimes things could be able to really just help us and make us feel better about ourselves, make us feel good. Like I said, and this is me. This this is me a little, a little secret. One of the things I like to do if I'm getting ready to do something, it could be you know uh, going somewhere, or speaking engagement, whatever like that. I always try to buy something new. Now, to some people, that might be, oh, you buy a suit or you buy a new clothes. Uh-uh. You don't have to be a new outfit. It could be something as small as new socks, new underwear, new T-shirt. I always wear those are the I like to wear undershirts under my shirts. A new undershirt. It don't have to be anything expensive. It could be new cologne, fresh fragrance. Like I said, put on some smell good. Put on something. Get, get something new. What that does mentally and subconsciously, it helps me to feel like, wow, it's something fresh I have on. Not just something clean, but something fresh, something new, something that I had not had before. Um, I'm allowing them to have and enjoy something new. We're sharing, we're sharing this, uh, uh, this time together. <laughs> you know, it may sound crazy, but hey, it's fun and entertaining for me. And so, like I said, these are just some ideas to help you to maybe you just consider consider something in your repertoire. Also, the lesson here is not about vanity, but it's about treating yourself kindly. In other words, acknowledging Y-O-U. Also, there's a quote. Get this. I'm going to say the quote and then I'll tell you who it's by. There's a quote that says, love yourself first and everything else falls in line. You really have to love yourself to get anything done in this world. That quote was stated by an actress by the name of Lucille Ball. Remember, I love Lucy? Well, she said that. Also, one of the things we have to do, this, this, might, be, this might be a little something right here. We have to learn how to forgive. If we want to be able to um, understand and be able to get the healing we need, get over that insecurity, all that, we got to be able to learn how to forgive. The Bible tells us, you know, if we can't forgive others of their sins or their trespasses, God won't forgive us. Okay. But also on the same token, what I'm realizing, there may be people who may have a hard time forgiving people. And I'll tell people, listen, forgiveness is not just it's not for them. It's for yourself. But also, one thing I want to make very clear, just because you forgive someone, that doesn't mean that you have to trust them. Let me rephrase that. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that you trust them. Trust has to be what? Earned, not given. 
So many people they they mix it up. Well, 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 you know they gotta earn my respect. Okay, you're making people earn your respect, but you're giving people your trust for free. That's backwards. You give people your respect for free, but you make people earn the trust. And listen, there's nothing wrong with having the stakes high when it pertains to your trust because your trust is the keys to your heart, and everybody should not have access to your heart. So I have to bring it up pertaining to forgiving others. But what I'm finding out, the hard part is not forgiving others. The hard part to some people is for them, is for them to forgive themselves. That's the hard part. One of the things I found out, because I was, I was uh, watching a few, well, I was listening a few minutes ago, and I was asking God, God, what is harder for people, for them to forgive others or for them to forgive themselves? Because there are some people who have been done wrong by people, but they give people allowances after allowance after allowance. They forgive them sometimes easily. But what I found out, There are people who have a harder time in forgiving other people, but easily forgive others. There there are other people who would easily forgive others, but harshly forgive themselves. They don't forgive themselves. God wants you to look in the mirror and forgive that person that's in your mirror. Do not beat yourself up over past offenses. Stop beating yourself up over decisions that you've made that you regretted. What's going to happen as long as you continue to penalize yourself, you always never move from what you did. And you will never heal from the decisions that you made in the past. Listen, forgive Y-O-U. You have to forgive you. And like I said, it will be very much a violation for you to forgive a stranger or even for you to forgive someone and not forgive yourself. See, you've given grace to so many people and you continue to have you have continued to get hurt by some of them same people. You listen, you let's be honest. That dude cheated on you more times than you can count. But you still, and guess what? Not only you still forgave him, but if he called right now and said, baby, can I come back? Guess what? You're going to give him another chance. But if you're going to forgive, look, if you're going to forgive him and give him another chance, how about you give yourself another chance? How about you give the chance to the person that's in your mirror? You forgive Y-O-U. Also, to that guy, because it's two-sided. I always tell people, you know, some people think, oh, all men are dogs, all men cheating. No, first of all, cheating ain't a, that doesn't have a gender. Cheating is a spirit. That can go to a male or female. So now to the guy, to that dude, you made mistakes. Forgive yourself. Quit penalizing yourself. There are so many guys that I know, they have served their time. They have done their due diligence pertaining to serving the time. But they still, they have gotten free in this system. They have physically gotten out of jail, but they still keep themselves imprisoned by not forgiving themselves. God wants you to release that unforgiveness that you have towards yourself. Release it and give it to him. Turn it over to him. Forgive yourself. Also, we have to block out every hurtful thought 
and all word that has transpired. Listen, you're not defined by what people said. The Bible tells us we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of the testimony. But also, God told us there are life and death in the power of the tongue. Now, true enough, people may have said some hurtful things to us. Oh, yes, some very, some things that hurt like a dagger. But what I found out, you can counter that attack by you speaking life to yourself. Listen, no longer should you use the same verbiage that people said to hurt you to hurt yourself. When people have said things negative, you ask God to change the manuscript of that verbiage for you to be able to minister to yourself. Understand, you're not, divine, you're not, you're not defined by what people said about you. You're defined by what God said about you, but also God's not going to go against your will. God wants you to accept what, you, what he has said about you and for you to recite what he said, not what they said. So understand what God's word says and recite it and say it to yourself. Also, understand this. I, 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 I would say, I would have said, um, know who you are. But God said, don't say know who you are. Because some people, they don't know who they are. What we got to do, we got to learn who we are and learn and accept whose we are. God made us in his image and likeness. God said that we are the apple of his eye. And one of the things I always say, that word apple is not the apple that you eat. When When the scripture says that we are the apple of God's eye, that's actually a metaphor talking about the pupil. See, the word pupil in its original language, it means little dog or little man. What does that mean? That means when you're looking at somebody's eyeball, you see a reflection of yourself. When somebody looking at your eyeballs, they see a reflection of themselves. So in other words, when God looks into your eyes, he sees a reflection of himself. But also one of the things I always tell people is when you're close to someone, their image of themselves gets big. But when someone is far, the image becomes small, sometimes unseen. But one of the things I found out, I found out that from the time you were born up until the time you were a full-grown adult, everything in your body has changed or grown. Everything in your body except for one thing, your eyes. You have the same size eyeballs now as you had when you were first born. That means that image that God saw upon you never changed. See, God is right here. So what happened is sin and sometimes our wrong decisions, it don't move God from it don't move God from us, it moves us from God. So when we repent, it put us back into right standing with God. And for us to be able to look, have him to see the image, but most importantly, have us to see the image in his eyes see us. So we have to understand that. Understand that we are the apple of God's eye, and for us to be able to understand who we are and understand that he made us a little lower than the angels. He made us with free will. God made us with a divine purpose, a call. 
And I know I'm I'm like because sometimes I've heard this scripture taken out of context. Scripture said, "Many are called, but few are chosen." That means that God chose me, but He didn't chose He didn't choose them. That's not what that scripture means. It means many are called. That means that the call is being made out, but few are chosen. Meaning, few people choose to accept the calling that was called out by God. So in other words, you could be the one to answer the call. So understand, God has a purpose and plan for all of us. Also, look into ourselves instead of our look into ourselves instead of our external circumstances. You're not defined by what you go through. You're not defined by what people said or what people done about you, what people done to you. Learn also, this is something else. This is on a little side note. Uh, being able to learn the difference between negative words and constructive criticism. You know, um, so that's self-explanatory. The key thing is for us to be able to really just embrace who we are, what God says, who we are. Also, changing our surroundings. Some people may not be healthy for us. Regardless if they're family or friends, some people may not be healthy. And even if it's somebody that may be related to you, you can love them, but love them from a distance. Don't allow them to get into your uh, get into your circle. You may have to exit. You may have to exit them out of your circle. I'm not saying exit them out of your life, but hey, if you see them, how you doing or whatever like that. But pray for them. And keep it moving. But don't allow yourself to let your guards down and give them the trust for them to misuse or, or, or break it again. Also, changing your scenery. Changing your scenery. Same thing. Also, I'm, I'm going to throw this in before we get into the second section. Do something kind for others. Do something kind for someone else. When you're in a low self-esteem cycle, it can it can be difficult to see outside of yourself. You could become focused on what your what your limitations are that you can't see the pain others might be experiencing. But when you actively seek out doing something kind for someone else, keyword is to minister to someone else. Do something good, your environment, your focus shifts. Not only will your observation or negative thoughts about yourself stop, you'll also begin to think positive, positive things about yourself. Positive action attract positive thoughts. Self-explanatory. For us to be able to, when we're going through something, when we're hurt, what we need to do God, talk to God and God will set the scene. Like I said, God will set the scene for us to minister to someone else, and it'd be the exact same thing we're dealing with. And what happened, we help each other. My goodness, when, I, when I've been grieving, when I grieve, when I lost my sister, there's so many people that I end up finding that lost their loved one due to domestic violence and all that stuff. You know, um, you know my uncle uh, once said that, you know, he was going through his divorce, his wife left him, and there so many people that were coming to him, asking him, hey, can you pray for my, can you pray for my marriage, my marriage finna leave, and then, the, you know, 
he helped them and they reconciled and he like lord it's unfair lord i'm helping them they marriage coming together but my marriage falling apart and now he married someone that loves the mess out of him and he loves the mess out of them so hey that was a blessing now going to the second going to the second the second phase the second section and um this is this is for some. This is for some. We have to focus on uh when I was saying this was um some this is when we are um oh shucks. I messed it up. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Okay, here it is. I see. The second section. Now we're talking about our ability. Now we talk about our ability. Thank the Lord. Now we talk about our ability. What we got to do, like I said, we we didn't already spoke about ourselves. Now we're talking about our ability. Focus on your past accomplishments. Focus on your past accomplishments. Now, focus on your past accomplishments. Our past accomplishments are many steps, in other words, small steps, small steps preparing us for a major step. See, one thing we have to look at, those many steps, those small steps, they are, look, if you want to look at it like this, they are pre-workouts. They are the warm-ups for the activities that we need to do. Now, I wanted to bring this up. Now, for those who might have been athletes, what we got to think about is not just a coach that's over the athletes, but it's also a trainer and a strength and conditioning coach. Now, a strength and conditioning coach, which also called a S&C coach, is a physical performance professional who uses exercise prescription to improve the performance of competitive athletes or athletic team. This is achieved through the combination of strength training, aerobic conditioning, and other methods. Unlike an athletic trainer, a strength and conditioning coach is focused primarily on sports performance, a specific sports performance. A coach helps an athlete with injury prevention through strengthening and coaching of movement mechanics within the sport. While a personal trainer may work with an individual of all fitness limits of fitness levels and focus on health and fitness strength and conditioning coaches focus on competitive athletes and improving performance in a specific sport so what we got to look at is those our past accomplishments are the small steps to help us to get to a major step and get this Although it's often overlooked, a pre-workout warm-up exercise is an important part of any exercise routine. Your body needs some kind of activity to get your muscles warmed up before 
you launch into your workout. Warming up can boost your flexibility and athletic performance and reduce your chance of injury. So what we have to realize when it comes down to like a coach, we have to be able to understand that God is setting the scene for us to get the help that we need in order for us to be able to perform at the maximum ability. So in other words, looking at your past success encourage you for your future or even your current situation. It's not impossible. Understand, we can do all things through Christ who strengthen us or who give us the ability, who enable us to accomplish the task at hand. But don't feel like you can't do it when God has given you the small victories, and I'm saying small because See, every victory is big, but if you look at our past victory, I just say God giving us past victory to encourage us for current victories. We're walking in victory. God has already told us in his word. He has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So we can achieve it. So understand, God can help us to achieve it, and we can do it. Also, now this is for some. For some folks, focus on your success without competing with your past success. What do I mean? A lot of times, people feel like their best is behind them. Matter of fact, uh, those that know me, I'm a huge uh, Prince admirer, and his biggest commercial success was Purple Rain. And people always told him, hey, how about you go ahead and you uh, uh, make Purple Rain Part 2? He said, no. You know, he always looked at where he where he is, and he never compared himself to the past. And if you look at it, that's what helped him to be able to get all the catalog of music that he's created. That dude, look here, he's been gone for five years. He has enough music where if they make a CD with 10 albums or 10 songs, there's enough music in his vault to make uh, a CD every year for a hundred years. So never never allowing yourself to look at your success as to be intimidated. Now like I said, that's for some. Now there are some people they're motivated. Some people are motivated, but some people are intimidated. So don't allow your past success to intimidate you. Let that encourage you. Let that encourage why you look at it as your baby understand your baby um each one of your success or your assignments is your baby your creation um you can focus on your past success without competing with your past success each success is your own unique baby and it was needed for that time and for that moment. It may have a short or a long-term effect that may overlap into your future task. But just because the others may be short-term doesn't mean that it's not an important term or it's not an important assignment or task. Look at the songs that some of the artists or groups have sung. 
there may have been songs that they may have put on a record, and it might have been, some songs might have been an instant hit, while others, it might have been one of them uh, sleepers. It might have been one of them songs that just went under the radar. But guess what? Years later, as people begin to start studying the catalog of their artists or that group, all of a sudden, years after they've released, they made their song and released it and published it on a record. That led you to whole ammo record. I didn't say CD. Years later, that song that was under the radar, now it becomes a popular hit. There are some songs you know, it, it 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 made it made it to a successful point, and then it went off, and then all of a sudden, like I said, years later, it blows back up. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I remember there was a dance that this little kid did called the Floss. I'm not gonna stand up and do it, but the song that became popular again was a group was a song by a group called Aha, called Take on Me. It came out of I believe I believe it came out 1985. Well, that song was big in 85. I remember I loved that song, loved the video. And then all of a sudden, uh, a couple years ago, that song blew back up because of that dude, the little boy, ended up doing this dance. Well, see, understand, your success could be just like that. Don't look at the lifespan of your baby, so to speak, as long as the father, you, are around. Understand, that's your baby. That's your gift. That's your gift. It's all important. It all served a purpose. And like I said, that purpose could be long-term or short-term, but understand, it has a purpose. Also, practice, 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 practice. This is about your ability. Practice, 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 practice. Practice your gift and be consistent. Be committed to your practice. Spend quality time with yourself doing what you're doing, doing what you're working on. Just like practice a speech and speaking to the mirror. You know, um, those that are uh, uh, speakers, uh, I know myself, one of the things I used to do, Look in the mirror and just speak practice or whatever like that. And I won't be, I won't be practicing. I'll just be talking to myself. I, I want to learn myself. I'm, I'm learning myself. Like I said, I came from a long way. You're talking to somebody who dealt low self-esteem. So I'm learning what do I sound like? How, you know, how do I enunciate my verbiage and all that stuff? So that's something that um, what I do. Um, practice, practice, practice. Um, also, remove the myth that practice make perfect. Think about practice. Practice make improvements. You leave room for yourself for growth and give yourself grace in case you have to work on it some more. So many times, so many people get intimidated because, well, it, it, it ain't right. It ain't. No, if you do it from all your heart, do it and put in 120%. That's what counts. But also, like I said, practice make improvement. And once again, I'm going to bring up Prince. Uh, this hit me a few minutes ago. But when Purple Rain came out, oh, people went people went crazy with that song Purple Rain. But when he began to play it live during 1985, uh, the song came out in 1984, and 
uh, he toured in 1985, and he he did good. He was he was very much better live in 1985 than he was on the record. Well, fast forward 2004 when he did it live uh, uh, during a musicology tour. Guess what? He tore it up and he sounded so much better, even though he sounded great when it first came out. But one of the things we have to understand. He continued to evolve. Like I said, when you improve, you leave room for improvement for you to be able to take the limit off of yourself and take off the limit that God did not you put upon yourself or the devil put upon you. So we have to accept that. Practice make improvement. You leave room for growth and give yourself the grace. We have to give ourselves grace. Give ourselves room to mess up. If we mess up, so what? You know, nobody under, nobody would know that we messed up if we stop. Nobody mess up. Nobody would know that we messed up unless we stop. If you don't stop, you keep on going, then hey, keep on going. That's it. So the other thing is don't take a failure as an assignment of failure of your identity. Learn the difference between, like I said, learn the difference between negative words and constructive criticism. And for us to be able to listen to what a person says, if somebody has some constructive criticism for us, okay, that's fine, Danny. You take it to heart. I mean, you don't take it to heart, but you write it down or whatever. That, you examine it. One of the things we always tell people, the Bible tells us, try the spirit by the spirit. There are some people that may tell us with bad intentions. There may be people that may tell us that may try to sabotage, but then there are other times where people may tell us because God may have led them to invest into us, even with that constructive criticism. In other words, being able to fine tune. So that's fine and dandy. And so um, also, I, I, I'm going to bring this up too because I, I felt the need to uh, uh, bring this up. Then we're going to go to the phone line. Um, I had two incidents that happened that um, made me ask myself if I was good enough. The first thing was when I accepted my calling to preach. Like I said, those that know me, I was not a uh, a good learner in school. I don't want to say good student, but I was a good student. I just wasn't a good learner. But uh, I had learning uh, challenges. I had it then. I don't have it now. I learned to overcome it. Um, And, you know, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I was was allowing how people thought, what people thought about me, what people said about me to dictate, am I going to go ahead and do, you know, what God told me to do. And so I accepted my calling to preach. And the day, listen, ain't to my 24 hours later, I'm to my, I left church, came home, and all of a sudden, as I'm pulled up in the driveway, somebody called me from a, an anonymous number. Somebody called me and asked me a biblical question. And so right then and there, I felt my spirit, don't answer it directly. Answer it vaguely. I'm like, okay. So somebody asked, somebody asked me a question, and I just vaguely answered it. Not specifically, but I was very general. They said, wrong, and you blah, 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 and you ain't no preacher, and hung up in my face. Now, I understood. I had learned, number one, that was a coward, because number one, somebody that's automatically called, 
They called me and they called anonymously. Okay. I forgave them. Number two, I couldn't allow that to define me. And then, of course, I had some people, but they're trying to challenge me. Are you really called to preach or whatever? And God said, don't worry about them. You ain't got to explain nothing to them. I called you. They didn't call you. I called you. Are you going to listen to them or me? And I had to ask myself, am I going to listen to them or him? So I had to look beyond foolishness. I have to look beyond that, and I'm so glad I answered the call. You know what? That was the best thing that ever happened to me. When I accepted my calling to preach, there was a heaviness that came off me. There was a heaviness. And then, of course, don't get me wrong. Uh, matter of fact, the other thing was, uh, you know, when God told me to uh, write my first book, and, of course, it was about um, fatherhood and everything, and I was like, but I'm, at the time, my son was five years old. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. He was four. I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm pretty much a new father. Do I need to be writing about this? He said, no. I'm telling you to do it. And then I'm thinking about all the other fathers that I'm going to be speaking to, and then I end up having to go do some book signing, and I'm trying to talk to fathers, hey, to buy my book, and they are fathers of five and, five and six children, and some of the, some of the uh, uh, children older than me. Some of them older than my son or whatever, you know. And God said, I told you to do it. And I'm so glad I answered that call. He told me, oh, you 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 know, you, you can't you don't you ain't you ain't authorized to do that. But one of the things I found out I had to learn we can't listen to people. We cannot listen to people. Here it is. I'm trying to find my book. This book right here. This is my first book. And it was scary, but I had to get rid of the noise and a lot of the noise were people that I knew people that really had no people had no best interest for me so I had to go ahead and just you know what okay okay that's that's it so um make sure I can one two Okay, good. I mean, wanted to make sure I was able to be heard. So when it came down to it, there's going to be some negative things that's going to be coming in from people all around. But you have to look beyond what people said and have the confidence that God gave you. Remember this. I am enough. You are enough. You got to do it. It's nothing worse than for you to not answer the call that God has you to do. Regardless of what it is, it could be within ministry, it could be pretending to answer your calling to preach, minister, or whatever. Or it could be pretending to just a task that he wants you to do for you to be able to provide for your family. It could be anything. Whatever God told you to do, he anointed you to do it. Whatever God told you to do, do it. I'm telling you, it's like you will not get the rest until you answer and accept what God told you to do. Understand, it's for your benefit. Don't let anything, anybody stop you. Understand this. Understand what God's word says. He says, now to him that can do exceedingly abundant above all that you can ask or think according to the power that working within us. Also, he can, I don't know if I said this earlier or not, but he's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness, meaning life, eternal life and godliness pertaining to godly living. 
So honest, God has, look, God has groomed you for such a time like this. And I want to encourage you, there's someone that may be watching right now who have been beat up physically, emotionally, by society, even by people that they say that they love or that they thought that loved them. But understand this, that's not the end of your life. Don't let anybody control your life to make you do something or not make you do something that God have you to do. God made you a free moral agent, and God wants you to look in the mirror and be proud of yourself. No longer accept the negative things that people have said or people have done towards you. You are a free moral agent. And I'm even speaking right now, there's someone that may be dealing with domestic violence, someone that may be dealing with a, a, a domestic uh, situation. I'm telling you right now, you're not defined by that situation. God going to help you get out, but I'm going to tell you this. When God opened up the avenue, avenue for you to get out, run. And I'm going to tell you something. God has so much for you, but don't put the limit on God. Don't put the limit on yourself. Don't listen. Don't wait upon people to support you. You look, you go in God's name and God will bless you as you go. God will send people that's going to bless you as you go. Don't wait for certain people to support you. You go in God's name, and as you go and you be obedient, I'm telling you, when you're obedient to God, you don't have to worry about nothing else. All the blessings in the people that he's going to send you going to bless you. Time, we, the reason why we don't get our blessing is because we expecting other people we expected certain people to bless us to, or to encourage us or to be with us for us to be able to do what God told us to do. And that's what you mess up at. You're waiting on certain people, and guess what? You ain't going nowhere. Listen, there are certain people that don't want to go anywhere. There are certain people that are complacent. They are happy with where they're at, and they don't want to see you blessed. They don't want to see you succeed. I remember I was talking to my son uh, this week, and I found out if you really want to have your, your enemies exposed, start being blessed by God. I found out the blessings of God will expose your haters, expose your enemies, but also it will show you who's really for you and who's against you. But you can't allow that to stop you. That, listen, that's not your problem. That's not a problem. But don't let somebody else's problem become your problem. So I'm, I just wanted to uh, uh, share that. We're going to go ahead and go to the phone line right quick. Uh, right here. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart. You're on the air. How you doing today? Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and go to the next slide. Yeah. Oh, hello there, hello there. You there? You. Yes. Uh, would you like to say anything? No, just listening to the service and just enjoying the wisdom and the information that you're giving us. Okay. Okay. Well, I I thank you so much, and we're going to continue shortly. All righty. All right. Continue to be blessed. Okay, thank you, ma'am. Okay. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart. You're on the air. How you doing today? Hey, hello, June. This is me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> How's it going, man? Hey, um, I caught the tail end of the show, um, um, and you're absolutely right. You know, um, we really need to pay attention to 
what God has for and, and, and our assignments and the things we need to do, you know, to advance the kingdom of God. Um, I apologize. I was uh, um, <clears throat> helping my family move some stuff, and then I looked down. I said, oh, my gosh, I missed the show. Um, but I, I called you, and then I also uh, tuned into the show. So I caught the last little segment, and it was an awesome segment. So I just want to say keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate you, and I just apologize for tuning in late. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um. Hello. Yes, yes. I'm uh, I'm coming cool. over here. Okay, okay. Sorry about that. Uh-oh. Okay, I was looking. Um, my battery, <laughs> my battery is going down, and I'm like, oh my god. So mm-hmm. I went over here to the side. To see how much uh, battery battery juice that I had, so like I have a uh-huh. couple more minutes. I got enough to I got enough to make it to the make it through the show. <laughs> so I wanted to You're make okay, sure. Right on. <laughs> yes, yes. Right on. But um, but I, yeah, I appreciate I, you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no problem. I appreciate. No problem. Uh, I'll go back and um, and watch. I guess I'll watch it. Um, I know you usually send them out. Um, but yeah, I just like I say, appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to be continued. Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Well, I I thank each and every one of y'all who uh, who tuned in. I hope that there was something that was said that um that blessed you and for you to be able to get the help that you need. And like I said, we are helping to one another. And if even just me being transparent, like I said, I, I love being transparent. Excuse me, to let people know, hey, look here. If I can go through it, and some people, they may have thought that I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I've never been through anything. But I tell people, you don't have to look like what you've been through. I'm a firm believer in that. And one of the things I found out, the Bible tells us count it all joy. So learn and be able to count everything all joy. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get ready to wrap up. And for those who may be watching, who may be going through something, this is your opportunity for you to come and give it to God right now. In just case you're not saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us, If thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, and believe with their heart that God will raise him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So understand that there is nothing too hard for God. All things are possible through Christ who strengthens us or who gives us the ability. So understand, even the situation that you're facing right now, don't look at this as a challenge. Look at this as change. Look at it as an opportunity for God to show himself strong on your behalf and in your behalf. And I'm going to tell you this, even the obstacle that you may be facing or even the assignment that you may feel like that's a mountainous thing, you don't have to climb no mountain. Listen, God never intended us to climb no mountain. God had given us the power and the authority to speak to the mountain and it moved. God did not tell us to us to climb the mountain for us to move. No, God told us to speak to the mountain and it moved. So as we get ready to pray, I want you to be able to just in be able to thank you. Thank you, Minister Tim. Uh really just minister to yourself. Utilize this at a time for you to minister to yourself. And like I said, if God be for you, who can be against you? Don't worry about who, where your help is going to come from. 
Don't worry about who's going to help you. You be obedient to God. This is about your relationship with God, your obedience to God. And when you're obedient to God, it sets the avenue for God to bless you, and it gives the opportunity for God to invest and for fun the purpose and plan he has for you. So understand, everything that God has for you, it's already made out. You just got to follow the course and obey him. As we get ready to pray, I want you to just think about him. Think about what God has for you. But most importantly, think about who he is and understand he never failed. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you all for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We come to you right now, God. Ask God that, first of all, God, forgive us if there's anything that's unlike you, God. Forgive us, God. Help us, God, to be the men and ladies that you call for us to be. Help us right now in every area of our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, we come to you right now, God. Ask God to help us right now, God. Whatever the task may be, God, we may feel inadequate. We may feel like we can't do it, but, Lord, we know we can do all things through you right now, God. You have strengthened us and given us the ability. So, God, we know, God, and whatever task you have for us, you already groomed us for it. You already prepared us for it, even before we came to the scene right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak, God, that you help us, God, remove any insecurity, any doubt, even any lack of experience that we think that we have. God, we already know, God, you've used even Noah, God, who was inexperienced. You used David when he was inexperienced to help them to accomplish something that was far beyond their comprehension right now. So, God, we ask them to help us right now. We know that you're the same God that did it for them. You're the same God that do it for us. Even Moses, you led him, God, to help him, God, to be able to lead the Israelites, God. Even when he was talking about the excuse of him with his speech impediment, you still used him. Him became a mighty leader right now. So, God, we ask you to help us, God, to be led by your spirit, God. Help us, God, to be obedient to you right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stand for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you, Lord. For the victory, God. We thank you, Lord, for giving us our identity. And we're not defined by our problems or our situations, but we will use it to refine us right now and help us, God, to move from fear to faith right now in the name of Jesus, from pain to promise right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, God. We're speaking right now, God, that you comfort those who are grieving, God. Comfort them. Be with them right now, God. Help them right now. Let them know that you never left them right now, God. God, you said that you'll be the father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you, you said your word that you never leave nor forsake us or abandon us, God. So, God, we rely upon you, God. We need you. We not only we need you, God, but we want you to come in and help us in every area of our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in. I, I really appreciate you all. Uh, if y'all have any questions or uh, comments, feel free to uh, get in contact with me on Brother Prater, uh, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A-T as in Tom, E-R. You can catch me on Facebook on Brother Prater. You can see my daily devotion and videos. Also, you can go to my website at brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and also personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and the responsibilities for their family, their children, even their children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not. Also, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper. This is um, 
story of uh, myself and my sister. Um, uh, unfortunately, she was killed uh, due to domestic violence. Also, um, talk about our life together, and I, I love and miss her dearly. Um, also, what I'm doing, I'm, before we get ready to go, I do have to show this. I'm going to see if I can find it. I, I have it somewhere. Oh, here it is. Thank you, Lord. Um, this right here, this also even coincides with the message on tonight. Um, I'm going to show this. This right here is a drawing from, uh, I don't want to say her name because um, I, I, I haven't gotten a chance to get permission, but uh, this is a drawing from someone very dear to me. A very, very great young lady. And it reads like this says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can phantom. Psalms 145 and 3. This is from an 11-year-old girl. 11-year-old girl. Um, You know what? I'm hoping I get okay okay to say her name. Um, Devonna. This is from Devonna. I appreciate you, appreciate you, appreciate you. I'm, I'm going to make sure that you see me acknowledge you on the air. But this is from Devonna, uh, 11 years old. She uh, she painted this, and I told her that I was going to uh, show this on the air. So I thank you. Thank you, Devonna. <laughs> and also, I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to reconnect my heart. I appreciate you all so much, and I hope and pray that uh, something that was said that would uh, minister to y'all and help y'all to understand that there's nothing too hard for God. So thank you once again, and God bless you, and good night. Mm-hmm.